Welcome to the Conquer Your Battlefield podcast, where we come together to discuss some of the more significant struggles and metaphorical battlefields that we've faced along our journeys and share some insight on how we've conquered them. I'm J.D. McGibney, and today I'll be chatting with a woman that combines jazzy elegance with the power and confidence of heavy metal. A woman that instantly becomes the life of any party. She's the singer of the acid doom band Old Blood, and she even knows where Ronkonkoma is on the Long Island Railroad. Miss Kat Braithwaite. How are you doing today, Kat? I'm doing great. How are you, JD? I'm doing really good. And I'm really happy <laughs> that uh, I actually get to see you and talk with you for the first time, you know, in like three years at this point. Indeed. Yeah. It was late uh, August, I believe, uh, a few years ago. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Great yeah, to actually, see you again. It might be over three years, I think, at this point. Hmm. Oh, man. I my to, my sense of time back is like... in my <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might still be March six hundred sixty six of twenty twenty <laughs> based on what we've been dealing with the past few years so yeah you know what I think you're I think your math adds up and I'm just gonna go with that <laughs> <laughs> sweet oh. well today we're gonna be talking about caregiver stress. Using the definition provided by the Mayo Clinic, caregiver stress is simply the emotional and physical stress of caregiving. A caregiver is anyone who provides help to another person in need, such as an ill spouse, a partner, a disabled child, or an aging relative. Caregiver stress is a type of burnout that can manifest in many ways, some of which include feeling overwhelmed or constantly worried, being tired and having irregular sleep patterns, gaining or losing weight, becoming easily irritated or angry, losing interest in activities you used to enjoy, feeling sad, having frequent headaches or body pains, or even substance abuse. Kat, we were talking uh, prior to this interview, and you opened up to me a little bit that your boyfriend had been having some medical issues, and you have basically stepped up uh, and taken over a caregiver role in order to help him while you guys were dealing with figuring out exactly what's been going on. Or how is it that you feel, uh, even though it's relatively like a, a newer thing for you, how is it you feel that the stresses of being a caregiver in such an intense situation have started to manifest for you? Oh, let me count the ways, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, when this first happened, I had just gotten back from a three and a half week tour, coast to coast, uh, two days prior to my partner falling and hitting his head. Oh, wow. And subsequently leading to several seizures that he had never had before in his life. Jeez. And we still don't know if he fell because he had a seizure or if he ha is having seizures because he hit his head. And the doctors haven't been able to tell us anything about the whys. But um, we have been in this crazy holding pattern, just trying to get as much information as possible from all of the tests, all of the doctor's visits. It began two days after, like I said, uh, a Monday morning, I'm laying in bed. He walks into the bathroom. I high five him. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going back to work until Friday because I was taking some time after being, you know, yeah. all over the place for three and a half weeks. Uh, 21 shows in 24 days, I believe it was. No, right um, for the wicked, as they say. 
oh no, none, none to be found. And um, then all of a sudden this happens. I take him to the ER. Mm-hmm. They run a ton of tests. They keep him overnight. And um, when the next afternoon they say he's fine to leave, they're saying, oh, we're not seeing any problems. We don't even think he had a concussion. Six really? days later, yeah. Six days later, however, he has his first seizure. Uh, first thing in the morning. Next day, he has another. Again, first thing in the morning. I'm freaking out. Thankfully, he has another doctor's appointment the following day. So I'm accompanying him to these appointments to let them know what I'm seeing because when he goes into these episodes, he doesn't know what's happening. He just thinks he's kind of blanking out for a second and then coming back. And meanwhile, and, um, how how much time is like is like passing between like when they start when they finish? These are running anywhere between like over the course of this period of time when they, they've been happening, they've run anywhere between maybe five and ten seconds. That is but like intense. It feels like forever, especially with the first few, because they were full on. They were grand mal. They were scary. And the only, my only real solace was the fact that in high school, in my math class, my senior year, I got seated next to the one and only epileptic kid in our school. Therefore, I had to learn everything that had to be done if we, he were to go into a seizure. Now, this was probably one of my very first bouts with severe anxiety. It led to, I believe, a D in that math class. Um, because Understandably so. I'm sitting next to this kid and every sound he makes, I'm, what, what do I have to do? I'm at the ready. I'm 17 years old. Jeez. I'm at the time, five feet and three fourths of an inch. I'm only one inch taller now. But this guy was like six feet tall. So I'm like scoping out the room. Does he have room if he falls down? Where's he going to land? So when this is happening to my partner, this is the first thing I'm thinking. And I'm like, okay, thankfully this is happening first thing in the morning. The bed is really close. Um, And thankfully you you had like, it sucks that you had that experience at 17, but at least now you're able to take that experience and put it towards someone else who needs that assistance someone that you love someone that like you're obviously close with someone i don't mind grabbing if he's you know about to fall down you know yeah and he's also six feet and again i'm only five one and three fourths of an inch but um i had to quickly just like get back into that mindset of how to handle this kind of sudden unexpected Iranian crisis and it got to the point where and all of these were happening first thing in the morning at the beginning and so it got to the point where I stopped wanting to wake up in the morning I was afraid to wake up in the morning because I didn't know what was gonna happen I'm like if we can just stay here and sleep soundly everything's okay you know, don't sit up, don't get up, don't don't move too fast, just stay in bed. We're, we'll be fine. 
oh, but wait, yeah, we've got to go to work. You know, we've got to do our lives. So that started to become, I always, I already have insomnia issues for many reasons, but mm. that became intense because I would lay there in bed planning what I would do if it happened in this position. What if it happens if he's already walking? There's a bedpost there. Um, is he going to hurt himself? Like, I'm thinking I need to move this elliptical trainer out of the bedroom so he doesn't trip over it and fall or whatever. Um, and yeah, it really took a toll on my sleep, on my comfort levels of just being awake. Um, plus, there were all the doctor's visits. At the beginning, we were running back and forth to his primary care doctor. Mm -hmm. Then he got referred to a neurologist who, upon that first visit, said, okay, well, you can't drive anymore. I mean, which makes sense. It's definitely of course. a safety. <laughs> Especially because as a uh, person who works in property management, he often was having to inspect roofs, which meant he had to climb oh ladders. God. And he had to drive from property to property. Uh, so that was kind of... Um, like, oh, okay, so how is he going to get to work? What's he going to do? Most of his job involves all that driving and all those things he's not allowed to do now. So uh, he was suddenly home. How long has this been going on now? This began on March 28th. Oh, wow. We so got that... back from tour on the 26th, Saturday night. That was the first night that I had slept in our bed in, you know, almost a full month and then two days later he's getting up ready to go to work on monday and that's when it all hit the fan yeah. you've been this has been going on for like four months at this point i have have they you, you had mentioned that they were happening in the morning have they stayed in the morning or have they gone to different times of the day well what happened was after um we visited the neurologist. He got a prescription for an anticonvulsant, and that um, that pretty much was helping quite a bit. But he was still having a few episodes here and there. They were still happening in the morning, either um, right around when we would get up and he was making coffee or brushing his teeth. Usually he was like bending over uh, before it would happen. He was like at a 90 degree or a 45 degree angle physically. Like we would do yoga before we got up in the morning. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put an end to that. Um, Cause that's what happened the second time we had just done some yoga and he got up and stood up. And then before he even was comfortable standing, he was in that state and but since then, you know, once the medication started helping, um, they were reducing in severity and frequency, but they were still happening. Mm -hmm. And so he had another meeting with the doctor and the doctor was like, wait, they're still happening. That's weird. That shouldn't be going on now. You're on this medicine. So he changed the dosage. And um, since then, he's had actually prior to this prior to the change of dosage, he was having what is called an aura, What's an aura? Uh, which is what happens right before a seizure. Uh, it might be a little bit of dizziness. It might be pins and needles feeling. It might be tingling. Um, 
And he would have those every so often. And then they would just come and they would pass. Sometimes they would lead to a little mini, mini seizure. But this was right before the, the last change in uh, dosage. So, um, and he also had one after that fact, a couple of them in the middle of the night, which just shocked me, you know, like I'm laying here full insomnia state, you know, mm -hmm. trying not to freak out about what might happen in the morning. And uh, lo and behold, it I turn night. over and it's happening right there. And I didn't know what to do. So we talked to the doctor again. They gave him something else. So far, so good. Keeping fingers right now, crossed. I'm like, exactly. Knockwood, I'm just hoping that this is what's going to work. Um, I did find myself very stressed out throughout all of this, though. You know, I'm taking time off of work to run to the doctors with him. Mm -hmm. to drive him places because he's not allowed to drive and, you know, missing out on my work hours and missing out on pay. And so I start freaking out about that and getting a little, not really resentful, but just kind of like, okay, we have to fix this now. Like, let's not, let's not wait for the doctors. Let's do something, do whatever we can do. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm a nutrition coach also in the background. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so I started making sure that his diet was on point and really focusing on what was going on the plate. Um, and I even got really mad, mad one night because I made something that I knew had the things that he needed, but he was kind of like, oh, I don't really like this and I don't really like that. And I was just like, dude, just eat it. Oh <laughs> it's going to be I good for you. <laughs> And that, that stuck with me for like a few hours because one, I'm a good cook. And two, <laughs> I was like, okay, I know you don't love cauliflower, but you gotta, you know. yeah, it's, I, I totally get it. And like with all the, the added stress for like months and months and months piling up and you know, you, you're, uh, I can imagine just like your, um, your fuse is shorter just because like you you're constantly trying to like replenish it, but there's all these things constantly happening. So it's just like, you know, when, when you, something small like that happens, like I could totally see why you would get like, you know, resentful in that moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and you know, I've got a day job, so, and which is also extremely stressful. It shouldn't be, but there are things about it that, you know, kind of, continue after the day is over that it's kind of like okay yeah i'm home now i need to be here i need to be doing this now and um that was really getting under my skin and making me want to you know make me grateful for those times when i had to cut work to go do stuff <laughs> but then at the end of the day or at the end of the fortnight i get my paycheck and it's like oh yeah those days that i had to take off those hours that i missed they're not on this check you know yeah and that's that's uh, something that's there's two things that you you brought up that i think are really important for anyone that's in like a caregiver role whether it's you know a partner uh a child like a, a relative you know a friend what have you um you know mm -hmm. if you're in that role where you're taking care of like 
someone that you care about, a loved one, you know, you do have to take that time off from work. And then you do have that, you know, that financial strain, which you guys, you know, are, are facing because one, he's having issues being able to go to work, pro- uh, yeah. you know, properly. And then you're also having to not being able to work. Yeah. And then yeah. you also have the emotional that- stress of like you just said, you don't have any downtime. You have the stress of work where you're constantly going. You have maybe some time in, in the car when you're coming home. But let's face it, we're in Los Angeles my, and we're in traffic. And my, that is my, not relaxing. That's not even. No, honestly, my solace has been my two and a half hour commute to rehearsals on Thursdays because mm-hmm. I work five minutes away. My commute to work is I can't even listen to a full song before I get there. That's so, really close. Yeah. And in some ways that's fabulous, but in other ways that's taken that chunk of time that I used to enjoy. You know, I could listen to, you know, half a podcast on the way, the other half on the way home or what have you. But, you know, I go to rehearsal in Pomona. Oh, wow. <laughs> twice a week, and we rehearse on Thursdays and Sundays, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Oof. I live on the West side. So <laughs> yeah, it's a two and a half hour commute at least, or sometimes more, sometimes a little less on Thursdays to get there. It's a 45 mile drive. So it's not 44.4 to be exact, but um, 4.4 and three yeah. inches. <laughs> Probably <laughs> maybe a couple of centimeters thrown in, but uh, it's, you know, that became my, my solace that Thursday drive, even though, yeah, sure, traffic. But it was the one time that I was completely alone, that I am completely alone. And nobody can ask me to do anything because I'm driving, you know? Yeah. And that's that's something that I think a lot of people don't uh, make for themselves is that alone time, you know? And, you know, I'm glad to hear that you found some alone time even though it is in the middle of traffic but like you have alone time to just be (laughs) you like you said you have time to listen to music you have time to listen to a podcast you have time to just be you Mm because regardless of who we're with whether it's someone you're like the most comfortable you're ever going to be with in the in all of your life on this planet you're never Mm -hmm. truly fully yourself until you're by yourself because we connect with individuals in very specific ways and those that connection is heightened when we're with that person or we're with those group that group of people. So when you're finally mm-hmm. by yourself, you can decompress completely. So I'm I'm glad that in all of this, you have that time for yourself. Yeah, I mean it, and it helps a little here and there, especially when it comes to rehearsing, uh, practicing music, because that's where I warm up and that's where I practice what we're going to work on in rehearsal. I haven't been doing that that much, you know, as much as I'd like to at home because I'm not by myself um, ever, <laughs> you know, other than yeah. those times. So um, it also takes me back to after our last tour last year, you know, I know that I, I already had some anxiety coming off of this tour just because after the one that we did in the fall, um, we came back and I immediately caught a cold and then started stressing out so hard that 
I had an attack. I have multiple sclerosis, and I had my first MS attack in over oh. a decade. And, I'm so sorry. you know, I mean, MS has been <laughs> a harsh task mistress, I guess. I've learned a ton. It's why I became a nutrition coach, because the medication they were giving me was making me sicker than the disease. So when I was coming back from this last tour, I was like, okay, I got to make sure I am reentering properly. And so I had all these plans. I had recipes planned. I had meditations planned. I had, you know, my exciting trip to the farmer's market on Wednesday morning, the week after I got back, because I can't go on Wednesday mornings anymore because of my job. Anyway, mm -hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> breathe. When I got back, I was so anxious that I wasn't going to do it right. I wasn't going to reenter properly and that I was going to make myself sick again. And then I didn't get sick because all of a sudden I had a sick honey to take care of. And I kind of feel like I didn't get the... I definitely didn't get the rest and relaxation that I needed coming off of that tour before mm -hmm. going back to work. But, you know, I know that at least I did the responsible thing about taking that week off because again, if I hadn't taken that week off, I may not have been here when it happened. I'm glad that it happened when it did because if it had happened two days earlier, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's having to deal with something like that, especially when it comes out of nowhere. And then you don't have any answers right away. So not only are you taking on that caregiver role, but like you guys are dealing with something on top of that, where it's like you literally don't even know where to like begin. So like you have the added stress of trying to figure out what it is, taking down every little note, you know, making, you know, copying down and writing down like the hour of day like the angle of the shadows of the sun you know how many bugs were in the room you know, like, oh yeah any what little phase thing the moon was in seriously <laughs> dude i was on it every time one of these episodes occurred i pulled out the phone had the video going i checked the time mm -hmm. i got i i had to delete them because i can't watch it anymore like just seeing him yeah just, helpless like that but um i was making basically creating a powerpoint presentation for the doctors you know which is the best thing you can do honestly yeah. like how yeah we had the notes we had the video we had you know the times we had everything and calendars just festooned with details and that became my just like okay anytime something happens get it down, get it down, get it down. Once things stopped occurring, I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I can't. He, he knows what to do now. He's got his calendar now. He's got his PowerPoint presentation. You know, he knows where to put all the information. And so, there hasn't been much new lately. So question for you. How long has it been since uh, there's been an episode? Uh, just about three weeks. Oh, wow. That's uh, yeah. 
it, it, in the relative scheme of things, that's like a really long time. And that is oh, fantastic yeah. news. So muscle tough. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's basically long enough to go coast to coast on tour with your band. So yeah, it's uh... <laughs> there you go. that's a whole tour right there. <laughs> and come back exhausted. Yeah. Um, uh, since in that time, in the past three weeks, have you found that you've still been uh, like kind of like on edge or you felt like you've been like jumpier than you normally would be? A little bit, but that's also because within these last three weeks, he also came down with dun, da, 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 COVID. Oh, shit. So we set up a room and he's been in that one room for the past 10 days, pretty much. We're not even, well, yeah, a week and a half. And yeah. uh, today was the first day he tested negative and he's positive that he's negative now. So <laughs> That's the I'm best sure. kind of positive I'm to very be. Happy. A positive exactly. to be negative. Exactly. Good. And I'm imagining that like you at this point have also like avoided catching COVID. Somehow, yes. Negative Nelly over here. I mean, we oh. both had it back at the beginning of 2020. Oh, in wow. February of 2020. So it was before everything shut down, before the Ooh. vaccines, before, you know, we even knew fully what all the symptoms were. So you got and, hit pretty hard. Yeah, well, we had had kind of a perfect storm of international travel. We had had six international travelers living, staying in our home with us. Um, for the first two months of the oh. of that year. Wow! After traveling to Seattle, where that whole thing started, I think we even drove past that nursing home where <laughs> you got out, hugged everybody there, got some pictures <laughs> of everybody. <laughs> wow! I mean, it was it was close to where I grew up. I went. We went to my uh, to visit my parents for Christmas, and. Um, my little sister and her family had come over from South Africa and they were staying there with my, my parents. And mm -hmm. so then after we came back from there, they came down here and stayed with us for a couple of weeks. Then after that, my guy's nephew came over from Ireland and stayed with us for, for the majority of the month of February. It was while he was here that we both got the nasty um so this past week and a half it's kind of been like okay i'm constantly checking on you how you feeling how you feeling how you feeling like i every time i walk into a room and i say that i'm like god am i saying that again i'm sure he's sick of hearing this like <laughs> sick of me just asking him how he's feeling as opposed to hey what do you want to do what do you want for dinner what do you want to you know not cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> clearly even if it's the cauliflower and gnocchi from Trader Joe's, it's the best stuff. But anyway, there's anyway. gnocchi. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. We did not mention the gnocchi part of this. I know. It's the bomb, especially right. if you're trying to, you know, not if you're trying to look good for a few photo shoots down the road. Like, you know, All right. you don't so, have as much. Uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah. come over <laughs> and have some of this gnocchi. So I'll be over for dinner in like 10 minutes. <laughs> molto bene, molto bene. <laughs> Tutti a tavola mangiare. Ah, man, I know nothing other than, you know, spaghetti and rigatoni. <laughs> that's the, that's the extent uh, of my Italian. Spaghetti. I got the rigatoni. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, you're also a musician, so you got that. You got the piano, pianissimo, 
surprisingly, uh, my my uh my music theory compared to like a uh, majority of people is like really minuscule. Like I know enough music theory to communicate with musicians in a room to be like, Hey, we're in this key. I'm in playing this scale. I need this kind of harmony. This is the rhythm I'm playing. But like, you give me like, actual okay. like she, I, I can't act. I actually cannot read sheet music. I read it slowly. I used to be able to read it quicker. I used to be in orchestras as a, as a kid growing up. So that was part of, we were tested on that. You know, we had to know what Morendo meant and things like that. I, I still don't remember, but yeah. The thing is, this is not being on the, this is not going to be on the quiz. So you're good. You're safe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the last few weeks have been easier, but just trying to not catch COVID has been the thing, but also making sure that I'm, preparing food that's going to help him heal um yeah. and keeping that in mind every time i go into the kitchen yeah and that's also something too that i think uh the idea of like being a caregiver especially in the oops especially in the last like two years it's something that a lot of people have had to do and a lot of people you know i think can relate to because you have people who get sick and have to quarantine you know and you're trying not to get the rest of your family sick so you're reliant on the people that you're living with your family you know your friends your 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 partners mm -hmm. and so the people who are not sick have had to take on those caregiver roles for you know shorter amounts of time than you have you know over the past couple of months but it's still something that people right. have have can relate to and especially with something like covid that is so uh transmissible you have to do it in a very delicate kind of way so there is another level of stress added on to the normal caregiver role so like you are, have been dealing with like more and more of this stuff over the past couple of months and if you haven't heard it lately uh you're doing an amazing job and you should be commended <laughs> and there should be an award given to you right now so <laughs> you know what that award should be that award should be like a week-long nap <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, and a foot. I mean, rub. I also and a foot rub. Hmm? Oh yeah, I could go for that. <laughs> I mean, I work in a Pilates studio, and I manage this Pilates studio. I'm not a trainer, mm -hmm. but I kind of serve that role for a lot of people there as well. I mean, I guess I'm good at it. I'm tired, but I'm good at it. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so I feel like, yeah, it is one of those things where I'm just constantly putting out, putting out, putting out. And during this time, I also decided to get back on track with my own healthcare because I started recalling like, okay, well, we, I went to the doctor with him and he was like, oh, when was your last this? When was your last that? And I started thinking to myself, wait, when was my last? You know, I don't consume much Western medicine just because I like to do a lot for myself by myself and just heal as much as I can with diet and lifestyle. And I can imagine and, just like they're like yeah. having, having MS and having to deal with, you've had to deal with a lot of like, you know, medical professionals in the past. And I, I can only imagine the level of burnout, something like that. Indeed. Brings with it. So I, I totally understand. You're like, I don't want to deal with this. If That's I don't need to. the best way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, traditional medicine or conventional medicine burnout. Um, in fact, when I was first diagnosed, those first two and a half years, I was on medication. And after the first, I'd say, year, that medication kind of 
backfired on me and made me feel like I had the flu four days out of the week. And my joints became inflamed. I put on a lot of weight and I just never felt good. And I felt sicker than I did when I just got dizzy that first time. Mm. So that's why I, that's why I became a nutrition coach. That's why I was like, okay, let me just clean out my diet, see what I can do from home, tapered myself off of those medications and the doctor was like, oh, well, we've got something else you could try that's less uh, impactful, but you have to give yourself an injection every other day. And you're I'm like, like, I am not signing up for that. You're like, I'll stick to the cauliflower and the gnocchi. Thank you very much. Yeah. Once a week was too much. And yes. now I was like, no. So that's why I became more holistically. Well, I was always very holistically driven, but that's why I just followed my intuition and said, okay. I could probably do better. And that was, I was diagnosed when I was 23. I will be 46 at the end of August. So that's literally half your life. Exactly. And I have barely had any symptoms since going off that medication. And I've, I've known you for a couple of years. One at this other point. situation. Yeah. And this is the yeah. first that I even knew that you, you had MS, like I, I never would have known. And I think, you know, you're this whole thing that you're, you're sharing right now, you're a testament to how important diet is. And like, if you are, if your body is fighting something, if your body is dealing with something, putting the proper nutrients into your body is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. When I went off the meds, I was like, okay, let me just clean myself out. You know, I stopped drinking for a while. I stopped you know, toking for a while. I just really focused on what it was that I knew was going to help. And I deepened my studies and, you know, found other role models. Like before I was diagnosed, the only thing I knew of MS was Annette Funicello and Richard Pryor. Oh, and yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wait, Montel Williams, what's he up to? He still seems fit. He's still on the go. He's still talking, talking, talking. So let me see what he's doing. So I looked into what he was doing early on. And since then, I've just grown my list of role models, really. Um, and I use all of that information to help other people when they need nutritional help. And I've been using a lot of that information to help my honey here get yeah. better. And hopefully, you know, we can sort this out and find out what is actually the issue so that I can actually know what to target, you know? Yeah, well, it sounds like for the time being, like you guys are on uh, a positive track and you guys have been able to like give yourself uh, a little bit of like of a, of a reprieve to like catch your breath and kind of, you know, give your chance, give yourselves a chance to think clearly because in a situation like that, you know, with him, it's happening literally to him. And then you taking on that care, that caregiver role, you guys are kind of like always on edge and like, you don't really have a chance to think clearly and logically all the time because you're always like, Oh, what do we, we have to be on edge to make sure that we catch this thing when it happens. Mm -hmm. So yes. now like, I'm, I'm glad you guys have a little bit of like a, like a, you know, like a life raft, you know, metaphorically speaking to kind of like mm -hmm. keep you going so you can figure out, you know, how to move forward. Yes. Um, I think 
I'm just like counting down. I'm just watching the calendar and waiting for that three month mark because I've been told that after three months of no seizures, he'll be able to drive again. That's great. Because it means that it's, you know, adequately controlled by the medications. I would really like him to not have to be on all that medication, you know, especially with this whole COVID thing. I sat down the other day. I looked at his uh, prescriptions the other day. He has nine different things now. Jesus. He went from taking the occasional ibuprofen for a headache, you know, a few times a year Mm -hmm. to nine things lined up and timers set on our cell phones. Like at first I was the only one that had the timer. And then finally I set it on his, I'm like, this is your medicine thing. Um, But yeah, just, it's a lot, it's a lot to deal with. And it's a lot to deal with very suddenly. Yeah. And I know he didn't love his job. He'd been working for that company for well over 30 years. Oh, wow. And, you know, things were changing, had changed significantly in the last few years, making it tougher for him to actually do his job. So there was a lot of frustration and stress there. I'm wondering if that had something to do with it. Like, I'm constantly looking at the whole picture. And where these things might have, where something might have gone off the rails. You had mentioned earlier uh, in the conversation that you normally just have uh, sleeping problems, like you 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 deal with insomnia. Do you feel <laughs> that? I mean, this is probably a very silly question, but do you feel that your sleep has remained uh, affected? since things have started to slow down, like, do you still find it trouble? Uh, do you still have trouble sleeping uh, at night because of the, the added tension of, of everything? The trouble sleeping that I'm having now has less to do with that anxiety and more to do with the point in life that I am at at this moment. Yeah. Hot flashes. They come on a lot more when you're stressed out. Oof. And they always happen at night. And thankfully, we've got a great uh, ceiling fan because <laughs> that's become my, you know, my if... go-to. <laughs> Get one of those little but... like, portable, like, uh, uh, in the room, like, air conditioners and just put it right next to your bed with, like, the ah, thing right. going out the window. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just I get the fan. I throw the covers. I assume the position. <laughs> And just let the fan do its job. And he usually sleeps through it all. So it's okay. Um, He's a great sleeper. I, on the other hand, have never been the best sleeper. 3.24 a.m. and I are very, you know, we know each other really well. You're bros. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I definitely feel like there is a calming since the mornings have not been scary. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, significantly. Now I'm just more like, for me, it's that song that I can't finish and that I need to change the lyrics to. It keeps running, that one chunk keeps running through my head and I'm like, okay, how am I going to change those words? What's going what's gonna to rhyme? What's not, what do, what do, do I want to <laughs> rhyme? Like, does this matter? Blah, blah, blah. What's so, the flow? Yeah, that's, that's the current... Uh, insomnia 
we're trying to rewrite an, an, our next album so well, at least that is like uh like a fun and like uh like a creative like you know thing that you're focusing on yeah. and it's not like you know potentially the health issue i mean it does drive me a little bit crazy because you know i again you would like not to sleep having the time <laughs> well not having time during the day to actually work on the stuff I lay down, so my brain decides, oh, you've, you've got time now? It's quiet now? Okay, let's fix this thing. <laughs> Shut up! So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are, uh, it sounds like you're, you're, you're starting to shift gears, like, like, cognitively, like, on purpose to, like, slow things down and get back to more of, like, a normal routine. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you're implementing to make sure that you actually do that? Well, part of the uh, new medical complex that I've signed up for, um, I'm, first of all, taking care of my own medical health and just yeah. paying attention to that. I have, I have a doctor now that I go to. I didn't Perfect. before because the last time I went to the one that was assigned to me, he's like, oh, just take this thing. I don't, I don't need to send you to an ear, nose and throat specialist. You don't need that. Go just get these blood works done. I'm like, um, I'm a singer. I'm, I'm that's why I'm here. Uh, oh, let, let me take a look. Oh, it looks good. Just take, get these blood works done. Um, I yeah. found a better system, and I am taking care of that and paying rapt attention to my actual state of health right now, which. Amazingly, Good. hasn't really changed much. I'm surprised in uh, the last like 15 years. But well, it sounds um, like you just take really good care of yourself in general. So that's you I'm know. trying, and I'm trying also to get back to the stuff that I was doing before I got this job. You know, exercising every morning. Um, it kind of fell by the wayside because I have to be there at 9 a.m. You know, mm. that was usually my workout time or. I would go hiking with friends at 9 a.m. on Friday mornings. And I haven't been hiking since August of last year, other than the couple of camping trips that he and I have taken. So trying to get back to that, trying to get back to my walks. One of the things that I love is one of my uh, nutrition, health, lifestyle, coaching, outreach people, who's also a very good friend of mine. Um, we get on the phone once a week and take a walk around our respective neighborhoods because he lives up in Oregon. And, Perfect. and um, you know, that's become my big, good, long walk every week now. But uh, it's slowly creeping back in, getting back to the things that I need to do to take care of this thing and be there for that thing, you know. It's, it's i'm glad to hear that like you're you're making time for the things that bring you joy and help you decompress so like the fact that you're yeah. you you recognize that, like you need those decompression moments in order to like be you know fully like on point for you know what's going on with you you and your and your boyfriend uh or just mm -hmm. you, you and doing anything in life like you you realize that you need that and i'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're making it a point to do that because that's something that a lot of people just don't do they neglect you know that uh, that time because well, I, I feel like I like the fact that you I well go ahead 
I was just going to say, just like, it's kind of a thing in, you know, like, especially in America where people kind of just see doing that as like, uh, oh, you're slacking or, oh, you're taking the time off. Cause we kind of just like work ourselves to death here, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Indeed we do. And one of the things that I noticed, I mean, because I, and I like the fact that you use the word decompress because one of the things that I noticed was as this was really like becoming so all encompassing and just every day for us, I was drinking a hell of a lot more. Mm. I was drinking way more than I was comfortable with and I didn't like it. I was stressing and I was, you know, decompressing with the bottle and you know, I was starting to feel it in my joints and like just not comfortable physically. And so I would just get, I just felt lazy and I would just park myself on the couch and, you know, and then I took some time off. Like after there was one, uh, one night that just went way too much. And I was like, you know what? I need to just like find a date and quit then or, you know, just take a break. I usually take like a month break off every year anyway, but I had already done that this year. So I was like, Oh, I don't have to do it again. Oh wait, no, I can do that again. You know, there will always be more beer. I'm not, it's not like it's ever going to go away. I can come yeah, back well, to it if I want. That shit's been around literally for thousands of years from different yeah. cultures. So beer ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Okay. There'll always be more beer, always be more wine. You know, I don't necessarily need the whiskey, but uh, it's, uh, but whiskey makes you sick when you're well. Whiskey when you're sick makes you well. <laughs> so occasionally, you know, you get a little stuffed up, a little ishkabaha, whatever. But, Clear out the sinuses. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it was one of those things that I had to be like, okay, just, eh, you need to pay better attention and stay present because who knows what could happen. And, you know, I took a nice break and came back significantly less uh, boozy, <laughs> put it that way. Uh, that's it. Just that that level of like self awareness of what was going on is uh, is definitely worth 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 noting and praising because not a lot of people, you know, feel comfortable looking at themselves or like analyzing themselves like in any given moment like that and be like, oh, I'm not really happy with this or like I don't really like how I feel with this and just going, oh, maybe I need to adjust this because, you know, it's another thing, especially in like you know the United States and like Western culture is like. Oh, it's it's bad to, you know, need to change. And the truth is, it's not bad to change. I mean, like you change your clothes every day, you change your underwear every day. It's like you got to change, change some things. Yeah, yeah. And like we're constantly growing. You know. Yeah. My face changes because I have to shave my beard every few days. You know, like, <laughs> it's a slight change. You know, sometimes I just shave right. it off completely. But like, it's okay to change. It's okay to grow as a person. You know, I, I think exactly. You know, with all the work that you're doing, too, the fact that you're able to look at yourself and go, oh, I'm drinking more than I really want to and uh, more than I feel comfortable doing. I'm going to pause. You know, yeah. that's 
you know, you get a golf clap. <laughs> if you were in person, I would give you a hug, but. One of these days, one of these days, we're going to hang out again. <laughs> well, we're now in the same city, so like we can actually hang out again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely been... It's been an education. Everything that happens healthcare-wise, is I take that as a big education, big learning opportunity. Because one, I don't necessarily trust the medical mm. establishment wholeheartedly. I want to know my numbers. I want to know, you know, how how what my cholesterol is looking like, what my blood pressure is looking like, those things. You want data? But, yeah. And then I'll take that information and apply what I know, as opposed to saying, oh, dear doctor, I've got high cholesterol. What do you got for me? I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And that's part of the whole MS thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we went to the neurologist and uh, he got put on another medication, which I'm okay, I'm not too nervous about because it's a vitamin, but uh, the doctor, okay, and this doctor, he's adorable, but he like really smart guy, but he moves too fast. Yeah. Um, we were in there. He was like, okay, here's how you give this medication. Here's how how you take it. You're gonna do it this once a day. Blah blah blah. And then my guy's like, okay, for how long? He's like, for the rest of your life. He was gone. He was down the hallway before the last wow. word came out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, you know how to deliver bad news, son. Like, come on. <laughs> it's like what? bad news distraction. Bye. Yeah. Smoke bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. He disappeared in the, in the gust of smoke. And it's like, oh, and God. we're both like, wait, what? How's that? What'd you say? Forever? Come again? Can you repeat that? <laughs> right? And you know, that sort of thing, I'm kind of like, I don't want to get caught up in especially with something so pharmaceutical like what he's got for the rest of his life this is a vitamin i'm okay with that you yeah. know i'm comfortable with that because i know what it is and i know how it functions in the body yeah, and i know why he sense. needs it but you know give me the information and i will act on it don't Which, give I me a pill and tell me i never will be off of it yeah, but like, what is the pill? Why do I need this pill? Explain. You know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people also kind of just rely on, they're like, oh, a doctor, they know what they're talking about. And it's like, okay, but you should still have a basic understanding of how your body is working because regardless of how how well educated or how uh, experienced a medical professional is, no one is ever going to know your body better than you because you are mm -hmm. literally living in your body. So if you have an understanding yeah. of how your body works plus how like you know uh nutrients work in general and then how those nutrients work with your body you have a leg mm -hmm. up and you're able to you're able to communicate better with those medical professionals to get the best uh treatment and advice that you can which you yourself exactly. are apparently uh, another perfect example for because again i've known you for i don't know like five years at this point give or take and this is the <laughs> right? first i even knew at that least. you had ms Right. You know, I don't wear the T-shirt anymore, but, uh, you know, I also I forget sometimes. In fact, when I had that attack last year, it took me about three days to realize what was happening to me. 
And the only time I had had that symptom before, it lasted for about two hours. This time it lasted for a whole week. Oh, wow. So, and this was what is called the MS hug, which basically feels like your rib cage is in a vice grip. And it hurts. And every time you breathe, you're fighting against something. And, And it felt like sometimes that vice was hot. And just closing in on my ribs. Ouch. And I was just like, what is going on? And then I remembered. And then I texted my uh, old neurologist, the one who was like, hey, I've got another thing for you. And I hadn't seen him since that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> many, many, many moons ago. But um, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like the MS hug. Just, you know, do what you would normally do for your symptoms but double it and so I doubled up on my omega-3s doubled up on my vitamin d doubled up on xyz and one morning I woke up and I could move I could stretch I could breathe it was amazing good again it's how important like proper nutrition is too indeed and that's Uh, a lot of the problems that we have is because we are not properly nourished and just looking at our parents and our grandparents and all the health issues that they had side mild sidetrack like uh recently just went through a whole bunch of like old family photos that someone uh had brought up because they were going a distant family member passed away a few months ago going through all these old Mm -hmm. pictures and uh my aunt was pointing out people and saying who they were and pointing out roughly about how old they were. And they were, some of them were like 10 or 15 years younger than what my aunt is now. And they looked okay. 20 years older than what she is now. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, that is blowing my mind that that is even thing. Cause you know, that at that point people are just like pumping, you know, processed shit into their veins, you know, yeah. via like cans. But now yeah. like, obviously we have a better understanding of how, food nutrition work and we're like you know what maybe we shouldn't put that formaldehyde in the you know cheerios <laughs> right oh god that sounds horrible who <laughs> <laughs> put the formaldehyde in the cheerios <laughs> oh my god mm, asbestos flakes yeah. better than yes. flakes. well you know knowing how the sausage is made it's part of the it's part of the key to knowing you know how you, why you're sick yeah and a lot of times it's what you're eating and not knowing and all the shit that they put in as like preservatives as well oh yeah like i recently had a outbreak of eczema which i usually only get when i eat dairy products Mm. i've been off dairy products for what feels like a million years i miss cheese like i miss you know the forests of the great northwest but i um had to do some digging and I found out that something that I ate had some milk in it. So I was like, okay, oh. well, I'm not going to eat that, you know, product again. That's and, nice. and um, you know, it's, it takes patience. It takes the willingness to give up things that you absolutely love. I mean, my kingdom for a plate of burrata or something like. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. You're see? making me hungry. Okay. Uh I'm always I, I, hungry, but anyway, I, yeah. I, I feel your pain, and as your friend, I offered all the cheese for you, so you don't have to deal with that. <laughs> okay. 
just don't let me watch because then I'll be like, well, can I just no? I got you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll turn around and eat all the cheese for you, so this way you won't be tempted. Boom, <laughs> boom. Rion Crute out of my sight. <laughs> uh, well, Kat, thank you so much for taking the time to chat for the show, and thank you so much for being so uh, honest and open about like what you and your boyfriend have been going through because you know dealing with it personally is not easy and then like i can only imagine like how uh you know how difficult it can be to open up about this to other people especially in like a public forum so again i very much appreciate you doing so oh thank you for the opportunity i mean i feel like also this is important information you know people need to understand first of all if they're going through something like this that they're not alone if they're going through something like that that there are ways to handle it um, and there are ways not to handle it. Um, I, you know, I dig what you do. This is, this is a really smart podcast and I've seen a couple of guests like yourself. So, (laughs) well, I have smart friends like yourself, so it's all good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it was great. Thank you so much. And you would definitely do this very well. So I'm, Well, I'm pleased you. to be a part of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I am honored that uh, you are now part of the Conqueror Battlefield family. <laughs> Rock on. Excellent. Can't wait to see you shred again, too. Uh, I can't wait to shred again. So hopefully soon. Do Keeping it. fingers crossed. Yes. Yes, please. All of them. Fingers, toes, eyes. Uh, I got Tentacles, you know, what have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, folks, I truly believe that the more that we as a society feel comfortable opening up about our struggles, the more it will help others to realize that we are not alone, like Kat said. Everyone has the inner strength to face whatever life puts along their path. So thank you again, Kat, for taking the time to chat, and thank you to everyone that has tuned into this episode. If anyone watching or listening finds that they are struggling with their mental health, please do not be afraid to reach out to your friends, family, or a mental health professional. I will place a link in the description of this video that will have some information and connection to further resources. And until next time, remember, you always have the strength to conquer your battlefield.